So like a week ago, I it was a Friday night and uh, my roommates were out of town. I live with two, I lived with a brother and sister and they were out of town and I was upstairs in my bedroom alone and I go to bed at night as I normally do, like 9, 30, 10 p.m., plug my phone in and go to sleep. And I wake up at four in the morning and the phone is shut off. It's turned off and it wasn't on my bed where I always leave it every single night. I leave it on my bed. It was on my nightstand and it was unplugged and it was like the phone itself was actually turned off. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, and you know, you're in that weird dream state. I'm like, man, maybe I just shut it off. So I turned the phone on and it had, a, and it had a half a battery. So it wasn't even dead. It hadn't shut off by being dead. It was just, it literally had been shut off. And I was like, man, maybe I just woke up in the middle of the night, pressed the two side buttons on the new iPhone and literally shut it off without even thinking about it. I mean, it's totally possible. Go back to bed and I wake up at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, I'm Again, I'm completely alone in my house uh, on a Saturday morning, 6.30. I wake up to a full-grown man screaming at the top of his lungs somewhere downstairs in my house. And, I mean, it was one of those where you, you, you like, come out of your sleep state and you're like, was that real? And then I realized the adrenaline pump through me. I'm like, yes, that was 100% real. And then about two seconds after the scream, the garage, the side door in my house opens and the garage door opens and I can hear footsteps going out of my door and shut the door and then the garage door shuts. And so I get out of bed and I run down like, or I run to the window to look down and there's, there's no one there and there's snow on the ground and there's no prints. There's nothing. I can't even, I'm like, what? Like I live above the garage, so I I mean it's really loud when the garage opens and shuts, and I'm like, what is going on right now? And so I get up and I go down, like I open my door to go downstairs, and I notice that my toilet is running in my house again. I am the only one here, and so then I go into the bathroom and I notice I'm like it's still running. It's not just running, but it's like still running, and it just running and running and running, and I'm like. It's not filling, like the tank isn't filling in the back. And so I open up the top of the tank and someone had taken the chain from the arm and wrapped it around the arm like four times. And so even with the handle being in the regular position, the the stopper was not shutting inside the tank. And so it was running and running and running. So somebody had opened up the tank wrapped the chain around the arm of the lever and then shut the tank back up and then left. And I'm like, what is going on in my house right now? (laughs) This is so weird. This is the weirdest freaking morning. And so then I like get up and I like adjust the chain, shut the toilet and I like look downstairs. There's like nothing. It sounded like a guy, a dude was murdered in downstairs. Like no joke. It it was a full grown man yelling. And then I get back. And so like I'm like, well, I mean, if I die, I die, whatever. And so like I just I close the door and get back in bed. I'm like, I want to sleep for at least another half hour. You know, six thirty on a Saturday. So I I I plug my phone back in because I uh, um I had got I had taken it with me in case I needed to call the cops and. Um, I plugged my phone back and then I realized all of that entire weird night of the dude screaming, everything started with my phone being unplugged. And I wonder if like somebody was in my room with me, which 
really creeps me out. I did. I, I'm so sorry, man. I forgot to mention that I came by to see you. Uh, <laughs> and you just look so peaceful that, you know, I just decided to let you sleep. I'm a way out. There was a, this is the craziest thing. There's a fucking bear in your house. <laughs> so you yelled. I took care of that, though. It's all good. Uh, he was using the, the bathroom, uh, using the, well, at least that's... the toilet, fucking around in the back of the thing. So sorry about that, man. I should have mentioned it. No worries. No I, worries. I it just slipped my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I, as funny as that is, like that actually happened. So I guess the question is, do you guys believe in ghosts? Since I legit could not find a person or footprints coming out from my house in any in any direction. Do you guys think that was a ghost, or do you believe in ghosts? I didn't before I met you, but there's some <laughs> weird shit that's happened with you. And not going to lie, I feel like ever since you've lived in my house, like occasionally oh. that shit comes around and it happens to me. So, oh, that's yeah, funny. I guess I do a little bit. <laughs> There's something about you, Mark. Like you bring out the uh, the paranormal and everybody uh, <laughs> belief in things and stuff. So, I would say this. Like if like I'm honestly answering the question, I think that um, I would have said no a few years ago. Like nope, or it's something demonic, or you know, it's like I would have definitely taken a biblical approach to the question. But I think as I have uh, become more agnostic i guess is the word in other words is i've become more um aware of the fact that i don't know everything and and okay with the fact that i don't know everything sure you know maybe like that could be a ghost i guess whatever that means i don't know what are the chances that instead of this being a ghost that some part of the the dimensional multiverse that we are currently residing in there was an overlap Mm. And we, I experienced and observed one or more dimensions that I can't, that I cannot currently observe. And I, what we would interpret as a ghost because we, you know, it's paranormal. It's beyond normal for us. Um, what are the chances that instead of that just being a ghost, well, I guess, you know, you have to, to define ghost instead of, instead of saying like it's a dead person's spirit. What if the term ghost is just referring to the multi-dimensional multiverse that we're living in, that being one of the models anyways, and we're just experiencing from time to time the overlap and maybe a quantum fluctuation within that overlap is bleeding some of those wave functions into our observable universe. What's interesting about that is how fucked up do you think that ghost felt about you? Because <laughs> in What's that this weird dude sleeping in my bed. <laughs> yeah. Because in that, in that, in that multiverse, I, I, I was, I was inter interrupting their lives. <laughs> it was like the story of Goldilocks. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mark Explains podcast. And I am your host. I am Mark, along with Ashlyn. And uh, we are just so excited that uh, you guys are joining us today. Uh, you know, this has been such an interesting journey in launching this podcast and the expectations of what I thought it would be uh, compared to what it 
beautifully and organically has become. I mean, I couldn't be more humbled by the number of people that have reached out and the community, the community that has come from this. So thank you all for giving us your time. I know, I know how valuable it is. Now, I know that some of these episodes have been geared towards religion and our journeys as we have experienced them, but, but I also have this deep passion for science in this world that we live in. So I'm really excited about this episode today. We are talking about the multiverse. Um, well, we're, we're going to talk about a few of the models of the multiverse, um, I should say. Um, and we get to talk to actually a great friend of mine uh, from back at home in Michigan. His name is Andy Bailey. He's such a such a cool guy, and he has such a great mind for these kind of fun conversations. I know you're going to really, really enjoy the conversation uh, that we have. Now, he did mention at one point in this conversation, uh, it would be so much better if we had uh, like three beers, if we were like three beers deep. Um, so don't don't be afraid to grab a beer or a glass of wine, um, unless you're driving, of course, and to sit back and just enjoy this dense and frankly hysterical conversation that we had. It was honestly so much fun. So I think the purpose of this episode really came out of my deep desire to express how like how uniquely wild and complex our universe is that we live in and that we are really only scratching the surface on what we know as humans like we as humans are coming to the point where we realize how much we don't know and so i find these unique characteristics about our universe so exciting and so much fun to talk about and i hope you find the same in this conversation today also, if you haven't yet, make sure you head on over to either iTunes or Podbean and subscribe to these bi-weekly podcasts. And uh, you can now also find us on iHeartRadio and Spotify in the podcast section. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and also make sure to go and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we are always posting new stuff there. So, all right. Well, thanks again for listening, guys. And enjoy uh, episode 13 here on the Mark Explains podcast. So you know we live here on planet Earth, and planet Earth is in our solar system. The solar system is in the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, that's in a local group of other galaxies on kind of an undistinguishable part of the universe that we know, the observable universe. With all of that said, have you ever heard of the term the multiverse? No. So you have no idea what the multiverse is? Not a clue. Have you ever heard of the multiverse? Maybe in Rick and Morty. Outside of that, no. Um, never heard of the multiverse. You have no idea what a multiverse is. Or the multiverse. I'm not familiar with the terminology, no. Uh, I could only think of anything dealing with different dimensions, possibly uh, our universe in a different version, okay. or something like that. But honestly, I couldn't tell you. Have you ever heard of the multiverse? Uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast once, but it went way over my head. To your best description, describe to me what the multiverse is. I'm under the impression it's a different dimension because you have the universe, one, then you have the multiverse. So maybe there's like a fourth dimension somewhere out there, my man. Or maybe it's located in a black hole. Or maybe we're a black hole. That's it. That's all you get from me, brother. Actually, Ashlyn, I'm going to ask you this. 
you're a you're like you, I would consider you an artistic person. Um, I really would. Uh, you've led worship before. You write music. Um, I let's say I come over to your uh, house tonight, and I bring with me a pack of markers, and uh, all of these markers are different colors. And uh, there's also uh, I bring a sketch pad, and I give the sketch pad to you, and I say, "All right, Ash, I want you to choose a color and draw a shape." That's all I want you to do. And then I say, after you draw, let's say you draw a green uh, circle, you know? Then I say, all right, cool. Now choose another color and draw a, a different shape. And I want you to keep doing this over and over and over. And literally, we keep doing this for days and weeks and months and years of you drawing different colors of shapes. Now, do you think that with a, enough given time, that you would eventually draw another green circle? Do you think with enough time given that you would run out of options that you'd have to draw like another green circle? Mm. So, to, so to answer realistically, I'm I'm like 100% colorblind. So I would say there's a very high chance <laughs> a that very I draw good another chance. green circle. I mean, even... But, yeah. It, so, so let's just put that out. I think, uh, yeah, yes, the answer is yes, because... I only know, you know, a finite number of even if shapes. I were to, I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know. Let's just for say shapes I, for days or colors. Yeah, for days I or, mean, but like, yeah. even if you had every shape possible in your yeah. brain, like even even the you know a, a non-gon, like all these weird ones, that eventually you would come to a point where you would draw another shape that you already did. You you would draw a shape that you've already done. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So there are some scientists that think that there are way more worlds out there than we have ever seen or possibly observe. And that our observable universe isn't the only part of the reality that is happening like in the quote right now that we are experiencing. And so I'm assuming that there is uh so assuming that there is more than we can observe with the universe uh, that we are observing here, which is a fair assumption, uh, that, that with all of the stuff that makes up who we are on Earth and the sun, all of this matter that scientists believe with an infinite amount of time and an infinite amount of matter, that there won't just be one of you, Ashlyn, that, that there will be literally an infinite amount of, of you, of Ashlyn's. Uh, sitting in the same room that you're sitting in right now, drinking uh, the same uh, beer or whatever you're drinking tonight, um, like wearing that same blue Nirvana shirt that you are wearing and actually doing this podcast right now. But uh, instead of that blue shirt, you're gonna, you, in one of those realities, you're wearing a white shirt. Um, and in another one, you only have one of the ear pods in and not two. Um like the idea of the multiverse theory is that there is an infinite amount of every configuration of matter that everything that could exist does exist, not in theory, but actual in, in actuality right now. That just like the drawings of shapes, like in some of these realities, you are sitting there with your feet crossed in one way, and in another one, uh, you're facing a different direction, and 
Uh, and, and then a different one, you, you ate a salad before sitting down. And then this one, you're hungry. Like at every possible junction and every possible choice that exists simultaneously in different worlds, all of those exist concurrently at the same time. Right now, as we speak, even the thoughts that you're having in your head, those are choices being made and branching off into different intersectionalities within the quantum world right now. And this is just one of the possible theories of the multiverse. That's just one of the possible ones. It gets even crazier than that. What I really want to know, Mark, is how the hell did you know he was going to be wearing a blue shirt? Because it's right here in the notes. I know, right? That's that's fucking weird. It's in, <laughs> it, even more weird than that. And I swear to you, I actually wrote the word gray and backspaced and wrote blue <laughs> how wild is that mm. so could could the could the ashlyn from the multiverse where we've already recorded this podcast have somehow been the ghost that whispered in your ear in your bedroom friday night so that would be <laughs> ashlyn is going to be wearing a blue shirt you need to make sure that that says blue so that would be i uh, like one of brian green's the cyclical uh universe the model that it's only the this universe that we're in right now currently um, is the only one that there is, but it expands and contracts and it expands and contracts. So there isn't multiple all at the same time. You're talking about something that happened already. So uh, the ones that we were just talking about as many worlds, they're all happening at exactly the same time. So in all of the other ones, there isn't a future and a past. It's all current, all right now. So today we are talking about the multiverse, um, and I know that uh, we have, I know I've been so excited about this one. We have a good friend of mine, Andy, uh, Andrew Bailey from uh, the great state, the high five state, Michigan, uh, is joining us. Uh, got such a cool brain for this, man. Thanks for coming on, bud. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, of course we got Ashlyn and his awesome brain in mind. And did you, what did you eat tonight, Ash? I know that you've been uh, you, you, <laughs> that face. Oh man, I wish I wish we could <laughs> freeze frame that face because I know oh, you. <laughs> I know you've been uh, becoming more cognizant of 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 what you're uh, intaking and in in your nutrition. And so, yeah, uh, just uh, being trying to be aware of the things that go into the the body. Yeah. Uh, yeah did you eat a salad tonight with with some chicken uh, and some greens? There, there was lettuce. <laughs> on my tacos, uh, <laughs> and I think that what was kind the only of tacos? vegetable. I like black olives on taco. I don't know oh. if, you get, if that's weird, but oh. so there was technically a second vegetable accompanying the lettuce. <laughs> there is there is not a food that induces a vomit state for me faster than black really? olives. Black olives, like you 100% can one hundred percent agree. Those are a disgusting. big glob oh. of mayonnaise. And that doesn't make you feel gaggy, but I could choke down. Juicy, I could choke down like a a nice black olives oh, sliced man. into perfect slices on your on your. You tacos want you want to see salad. me? Oh man, you want to see me yam sauce all over the sidewalk? Just throw a black olive in anything. Oh, that is bad. That I like even thinking about it is is making me a, a little queasy. That is how. That is how much I loathe black olives. And for all of the olives listeners, I'm sorry, but that just leaves more for you and for you, Ashlyn, I guess. 
Hashtag Team Olive. <laughs> You're the only one. <laughs> I can't be. Oh, They're in grocery man. stores around the world. How could I be the only one? Uh, so to answer your question, I did have I had tacos, uh, which is not necessarily bad. But no, actually, my version of a taco is probably not as uh, <laughs> health conscious as your version of a taco. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll say I backslid tonight. <laughs> hey, it's you are who you are consistently, not it not inconsistently. So if you eat four good meals and then have one that you wish you didn't have, you're okay. You got to think like from Thanksgiving to Christmas, there's 300 meals. Like if you eat one really trashy meal or five or 10, you're doing okay. It's what you're doing in the, in the bulk of it. That's where it matters. Little side note, little titty tidbit for you. All right, here we go. <laughs> this show is ridiculous. Why anyone listens, I, I don't know. Um, so, but basically I've been wanting to do an episode on this podcast. Cause this is like, I read like the current book that I'm reading is astrophysics for people in a hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, and I'm also eating, reading one called biocentrism by Robert M. Lanza. Like these are, the, these are things that really, really, really interest me and excite me. And it's, it's surprising how many people don't know about any of this stuff at all like it exists because we're trying to figure out why things don't make sense so we're coming up with these theories to kind of fill the gaps and it's so interesting but there are like it's it's just like there's virtually no one knows about this stuff and there are there are some assumptions that we need to clear up right off the bat when talking about the multiverse so before we go any further um, Ashlyn, I want you to give me your best definition. What is the multiverse? And I don't want you to read the notes. I want you yeah. to give me the Ashlyn Blythe version of what the multiverse is. Go. Yeah. So I guess most of my uh, version of what the multiverse is probably comes from the input of many forms of sci-fi because I love science fiction and I, <laughs> like I love Star Trek and I love... Uh, I love all that stuff. And so when I mix all that together in my head, what I, th I think of the multiverse more in the sense of like, there's parallel realities. Like there's a, like, I think what, what you said was the, the many worlds version of the theory, uh, where there are, uh, infinite number of me's and you's and an infinite number of situations where, you know, my parents never met and your parents never met. So you and I don't exist. And, and, an infinite number of possibilities for every one of those, uh, possible things. And, and, um, yeah, I guess I've never, you know, until today, until, uh, this opportunity really thought through or formulated more of a, uh, more of a view on the subject than that. It's really just, it's a whole bunch of me's and, you know, and you's and everybody's and situations and alternate histories. Right. I think of, uh, uh, really famous DC universe storyline where the there's infinite uh, earths like in the flash and, mm. and uh, you know, there's infinite versions of different events happening, you know, a version where Hitler won the war, you know, and we all live in Nazi occupied earth. And, you know, and so like when I think of the multiverse, I think of that, the infinite number of possibilities and, and uh, scenarios. Andy, what would you, how would you best describe what the multiverse is? Uh, let's say maybe 
pre doing research on this podcast? I've always thought of it as kind of a space time continuum and, and uh, where are we at? So it's along the lines of what Ashlyn was just describing, but you know, what, what happened yesterday, can that repeat itself at some point in time? Uh, you know, as we continue to travel through space and time. Hmm. So like a glitch in the matrix. Yes, exactly. Ooh, that's really interesting. So maybe a glitch in the matrix was, are we even real? Are we even here? Well, actually one of the, uh, models of Brian Greene's multiverse, uh, I believe it's number six. Uh, nope, seven is the holographic universe. We'll get there, but that says like we're not even actually in a three D universe. We're 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 in a two D holograph, <laughs> which actually, uh, we're, well, I'm not going to give it away. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to the holographic. Um, but before we get to like what, you know, like all of these different competing models for what the multiverse is, we there are some assumptions that we need to clear up. Um, and the first thing, like you might hear people say, like there's multiple universes, um, like inter- interlapping. The very first assumption that we need to clear up right away is there's no such thing as multiple universes. That's impossible. The universe itself, the word is defined as all that exists. That's it. But we often say like the universe as a shorthand for like observable universe Um, But when like speaking cosmologically, the universe is all that exists that's known and unknown, observed and unobserved. That's it. That's what the universe is. So let's clear that up right away. When people say multiple universes, that's not a thing, which is why it's called the multiverse, not the multiple universes, uh, because there's a distinction there. So what you're really saying is multiple universes exist if you're Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, couldn't help myself. Maybe. There's also no such thing as like the multiverse on a single idea. There is like, there's no such thing as the multiverse. Like that's not a thing. There's different models uh, for looking at cosmology via a multiverse, there's not like one single idea. And that's really important to understand. A lot of people that understand some about the multiverse call it the multiverse. And that's not really accurate. There's, there's competing models of the multiverse. Um, often when people refer to the multiverse, they're often referring to what we talked about a little earlier, which is the many worlds hypothesis. Um, and that's the reason why we get these because these are derived from attempts to bring order to the standard model of physics, which we know is incorrect. Um, quantum physicists and mathematicians often look for elegance in equations like within our universe because they in, like intrinsically believe the universe in some way is elegant. That's, that's what these scientists, physicists, and mathematicians, that's what they do. Uh, but physicists have, they've often run like, they, like, they have to run thousands of equations over and over and over to predict these quantum phenomenon, and that's inelegant. So if you can assume that everything that could happen does happen, like what we're talking about, uh, like in the beginning with Ashlyn, the many worlds theory, it's easier to work towards reconciling the standard model of physics with reality, which is what these multiverse models are doing. That's why they exist. That's why we even talk about 
what a multiverse is because a lot of people that, I mean, like why even have this? Like why even have a multiverse? Like why even talk about it? And the reason why is because these mathematicians and physicists are like, there's, we need to reconcile these two major models of a reality that are contradictive to each other. So in order to reconcile them, um, there's things, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit of string theory and M theory and all these things, but that's what the multiverse is. It is an attempt to bring order to the standard model of physics and general relativity. That's what is going on. So, so in other words, it's not something at this point, I think, I think what you're saying is it's not something that's, proven no. right it's not it's not no. like a you know there's no there's no evidence that we can point to and look at and say like okay this you know conclusively tells us that this theory is correct uh, we just have big problems uh cosmologically that we have to try to solve and this helps us to think about those problems right yeah, it's a so actually, like a math problem a math equation that's really really hard uh we give ourselves you know story problems Right. And that that helps us to think about things critically. And, and so in a way, this is, you know, a, a mode of thinking, a philosophy that helps us think about the big problems of uh, of everything. Yeah. Well, there are I mean, zero. We cannot test any of these uh, models of the multiverse. None of them. Not like the like one of them has hopes uh, that some of the experiments being run could have possible outcomes, but every single possible experiment ran on any of these and also on string theory come back terribly wrong. And that's that's really bad in science because typically like how how a model of reality works, how a model like how science works, the way it works is you build a model that describes the reality and describes everything that we observe today. Like then you you test that to see if these predictions are correct. And the more you can predict, the better, the better your model is. Like, for example, like the standard model of physics made a prediction that we would find something like called the Higgs boson. And uh, if we build, and also predicted if we build a big enough particle accelerator, and it also predicted about what its mass would be. So when we did that, we found the Higgs boson. Like the standard model nailed it. The standard model of physics predicted an elementary particle that no one had ever observed using math. And the more that we test general relativity, the more valid it becomes and not the less, not less. Even though we know that relativity works by ignoring quantum mechanics. Like it's crazy because we know that these two things, like the standard model of, of, uh, physics and the general relativity, like these two don't work together, yet the more we test them, the more and not less valid they become, which is crazy. So th with those like with those two competing taximonies that we have, the the two competing reality models of reality, the standard model of physics and the and the uh, general relativity, we know that there is a gap somewhere in there. So we're, we're, we're trying to find the theory of everything, basically. If we can reconcile those two major uh, models of reality that we have, we can come up with a theory of everything. And that's, that's huge. I mean, especially in physics, that's, that's huge. So we're going through and we have all of these different models of the multiverse and every single experiment that we do on them fails miserably. Like every time we create a model of reality and we test it, 
it fails. So then we have to create a new model of reality. And especially when talking about these multiverse ones. Do you think that that's because there's some things that we just aren't supposed to know? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> you're getting into a very philosophical question. Um, and I guess you would need to define what do you mean by we weren't supposed to, like some something ordained what we were supposed to know and what we weren't supposed to know? Well, I know the scientist in you wants to know how to connect the dots and put everything in its place and answer these questions, but are these questions bigger than than what we're capable of understanding? I mean, when you think about it, there's a lot of things right here on the observable Earth in the observable universe that we don't understand, and it's right in front of us, and we can't answer that. How can we answer something these questions on a much bigger scale where we can't even observe what's happening. These are huge, really good questions to ask. Um, Every single day we're uncovering and learning new things about this universe because our ability to observe is changing. And like, we know that dark matter exists and dark energy exists out there, even though we can't observe it and measure it yet, we know it's there. And so we're trying to derive different types of observation that can measure that can measure those things. And once that happens, which it will, like that will happen because we know what we're looking for. We just don't know how to look for it. And when that happens, we're gonna. It's it's the step that leads to the next step that leads to the next step. Like we we know what we know, and we also know what we don't know. But the big part of everything is we don't know what we don't know. And that's huge. Yeah, but is it like a story where like that's the end? Like literally you figure it out and boom, that's the end. <laughs> like once once we get the theory of everything, then all, all of a sudden the sun appears bright in our eyes and we open up and we're in the matrix, something like that. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's totally it's totally it's, it's possible you won the video game <laughs> yeah it's it's possible because when talking about the multiverse all things are possible and actually all things are actual like happening so that's that is like in one of the models of reality that we're living in a hundred years ago there was a small change in direction in one of those femtoseconds there was a a split and down one of those trails uh scientists went and found the 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 connection between the standard model of physics and general relativity and the theory of everything evolved back in the 1930s and technology that we see are seeing now was in 1935 and and now they're in currently in that universe alternate parallel universe they are flying you know spacecraft that we can't even think of to other different solar systems and and galaxies that's i mean a total possibility and actually a probability if we want to acknowledge the fact that these multiverses are real andy your point your point makes me think about um so there's a couple references in the bible uh one in genesis like in genesis one and then a few times later where authors talk about how god hung lights in the sky um and you know, to, to someone in that period in history who, you know, didn't have the technology that we had, you know, to us, it's like, well, obviously we're talking about stars, right? We're talking about the sun and the moon and we're talking about astrological things to someone at that 
point in history, though, those were lights that God hung in the sky that, you know, the sky was a thing above us and God put a light there. Uh, and, and I think that we're in a place right now, um, where we look back at the history and the stuff we've learned and we can say like, yeah, we, we've, we've come this far and we've learned these things. And, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think that there's ever a point where we should stop asking questions or that there's something that's ordained us to stop asking questions because, uh, you know, what are the lights in the sky right now to us? You know what I mean? And, the, and so by continuing to grow and develop and that, you know, obviously the, the technology continues to get crazier and crazier. We were telling a story a few weeks ago about Elon Musk. I don't think it made it on the podcast, but about how fucking crazy it is that this guy can put, you know, a spaceship, connect it to a, a space station and then bring it back down to earth and land it on a, on a barge and I can't even parallel park, you know, like that's, <laughs> it's nuts. So like, you know, as we continue, I think that, you know, the thousand years from now, people will think like, how did they not get that? You know, they were talking about lights in the sky and, and these questions are just our lights in the sky. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm not saying we shouldn't ask the questions. I just, you have to wonder, is, is it beyond comprehension? Will we ever get there? It's I'm sure that, you know, no one ever thought we'd have the light bulb and Here we eventually are. we got that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's actually a really interesting thought because I was actually reading this article that was linked to a podcast uh, and they were talking about maybe we are thinking about alien life form incorrectly. Maybe right. we're, th- we're thinking about what uh, intelligent life looks like when we talk about dark matter. Maybe that is alien life form but just not in the way that we think it's not green men running around. Maybe like, maybe that is an emergent property of the alien life form in another multiverse that is bleeding through into ours. And we're just reading it as what we call dark matter and dark energy. And maybe that's what it is. So like, I I'm with you a hundred percent. Maybe, maybe it was the water running in your toilet last Friday. Continuously. <laughs> <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that is the alien life form. I, I think I think you're onto something that I mean, but I also think I, I would I would continue on that statement. Maybe we won't get it with our current model of reality, just like as Ashton was talking about the, the individuals in the Bible, their model of cos- cosmology was poor. Mm-hmm. But that was the best they had. Also, their model of sex was poor, and to not eat hooved animals, it was the best they had at that point because it kept them safe. Like all of those models of reality kept them safe because they don't understand about bacterial infections and about how a sexually transmitted disease. They don't understand, but we do now. So we need we needed to update our models, and the church is really bad at that, by the way. But we're not going to go down the whole church is bad at uh, updating models or updating the biblical understanding of current events but as as a scientific community we're constantly updating our models because we know they're wrong like we know the standard model of physics is wrong we know that the general relativity we know it's wrong so we're constantly updating and changing and that's the important part and actually like people are like why is science always changing its mind we're like no we're constantly correcting because we know it's wrong it's a feature of science it's not a bug and that's a, we're a really important part to understand when moving forward is our models are constantly updating. Because if you cling to a model too long, then you will become outdated, not the model. 
So that explains why men, men's health every other week tells you that tuna fish is good and then it's bad and then it's good again. <laughs> because of new science, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the science increases and so therefore we must update our model. And tuna fish apparently is on that model somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> why are you reading men's health? It's such a boring... Oh, I guess there's some hot babes in there somewhere. <laughs> I feel the I same it. about tuna fish as you do about olives. It just it just repulses me. I could it's open a can thing. of tuna and drink the water right from the tuna. <laughs> Ashland's face. And then like just squish the tuna into my mouth. Oh I'm just gonna <laughs> he's pulling out his earphones. I could. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> he's going to wait. I could then put mayonnaise. <laughs> he, pulled the, he pulled the earphones back out. <laughs> oh, man. That's really funny. All right. We're done. We're done. You can listen again. All right. <laughs> so just for fun, why don't we go through... Um, why don't we go through the different uh, taxonomies of the multiverse? And we're gonna go with te- uh, Max Tegmart. He has four mar- he has four levels of the multiverse. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go back for a second. Yeah, we can do that. In, we can go back in, in some other universe. I can't imagine you saying just for fun. Let's go through the taxonomies of the multiverse. <laughs> and, and that like super stoked, excited tone of voice. I'm I, so I excited, you, man. This is, so, this is the best. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> you just said the most boring fucking sentence. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I'm so, I'm legit. Also side note, you were talking about Elon Musk in case anyone knows this. By the time this is released, it'll be a couple days past. Um, I believe this will be on the 6th when we're releasing this and on the 3rd, the Saturday before. So three days ago, when you're listening to this, uh, SpaceX is launching the Dragon uh, cruise ship, which is the first time that a, a human spaceship is going into space, leaving from the U.S. soil. We are launching. It's th- this is huge. We are launching humans into space again. This is from the U.S. soil. This is enormous. This is big. It's been the Dragon capsule has been in testing for the past like six years or more, and now they're finally launching it. There won't be any humans on this one. They're launching it to grab some stuff from the ISS and come back. But you need to, like. You go on to YouTube and watch uh, the launch, uh, this previous launch. It's going to be so cool. I hope everything goes accordingly. But even if not, it'll be. I mean, they're making history right now. Uh, and this is commercially. This is not government, which is so cool. Um, so just go watch it. Oh man, I'm like I'm literally blocking my day off so I can go and watch this launch. I'm so so, so excited about this. Um, are you going to throw all your Bitcoin to the first flight when they uh, come out with it commercially? Oh, my God. The amount of Bitcoin that I have in TRX that is just fucking worthless right now. <laughs> I put like $1,200 or more into TRX, and right now it's worth like 18 bucks. <laughs> Hold on to it. It'll, uh, it'll be worth a lot. No, it's, it's not, Susan. It's, it's not worth anything. Jeez. Uh, all right, so just for fun, and I know you're, you're going to laugh at me on this, but just for fun, let's go through the two competing taxonomies um, of how we would define the multiverse. And I'm actually excited about this, like legit, I am excited about this. Um, 
So we have Max Tugmark, and that's, this is the one we're going to go through. It's a little easier. There's only four levels. Uh, we will talk about Brian Greens, but let's just do it. It would take forever, so we're just going to go through them real quick. But uh, Max Tugmark, uh, here are the four different models of the multiverse uh, with Max Tugmark. So level one, uh, this is the, an extension of our universe or like beyond the cosmological horizon. So like if you think uh, of an ocean or like our observable universe, universe would be like everything to, to the horizon if you're sitting like in a boat in the middle of the ocean. So you look to the horizon, you look in every direction, that is our observable universe. Uh, so th I think this is kind of what I read about today, mm -hmm. uh, just in, in kind of preparation and thinking about this. So it's like another way to say it is maybe like we are, we're on planet Earth and eventually we looked up and we realized, okay, we're in a solar system that's that's going around the sun. And then we realized, okay, there's multiple solar systems within this galaxy. And right. then we looked up and saw, okay, there's multiple galaxies within, uh, you our know, local the universe. Group. Yeah. And so our, our, and now we're look, we're not looking, but we're theorizing that past this universe, uh, there's another physical universe floating out there in its own, you know, area. And then there's multiple, you know, that's the multiverse. That's, well, well it's, I, I it's think more that, of a, that is a way to think about it, but instead of thinking about like, there is another one, it's just an extension of the one that we're in. So as as the boat moves, so does your view. So like your observable universe is always what you can see. But as, let's say, you start heading west, your observable universe changes constantly. And so instead of thinking like it's another one, it's just an extension of the one that we're already in in so just like if an earthquake happened in a pacific ocean and we were in the atlantic ocean we might feel the gravity the waves the waves might make it all the way around um, and we might feel the shake and it's not because it's in another place it's because it's actually within our universe just beyond our observe like our right, right, observable right. So, but abilities. i mean thinking like so the word universe obviously is everything right, right. we define that so i guess another way of saying that is what we've thought was this collection of galaxies in you know that that formed from the big bang that right. formed us correct that there are multiple big bangs out there and they all formed other what we call or have always called universes or mega galaxy well I, I so you're kind of hitting on a couple of different models in one I, I want i want to make sure that we understand that this isn't these aren't separate you can't pull yourself outside our universe and look and say oh there's another one because there's nothing outside of the universe that doesn't make sense uh you can't be outside looking in so as we shift our position within our own universe the observable universe changes as we shift. So it's just beyond. So that's just a level one. Um, uh, now, if you're talking about multiple ones, that could be like the boiling soup theory, uh, where there's actually different ones that are actually, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that point um, of like the boiling. Cause I think, I think I know what you're talking about, uh, but that's, that wouldn't be this one. This one is just like, it's beyond our cosmological horizon. Everything we can see is is not we're actually spatially infinite so like it's the there's there's for the space goes forever and as you move your your viewpoint changes and that's what a level one is the extension of our universe 
isn't the the real life example of that is like Voyager, right? Because that's still out there going and sending back data to us all the time on new things that we never saw before. Technically speaking, the ob- the observable uh, universe for uh, for Voyager one and two is different than us because their position within the universe is different. And actually, mine is different than yours. It's not as exciting for me and you. It's it's more exciting when you think of like our sun and Alpha Centauri. Uh, uh, which is another star. It's really exciting when you, when you like do different uh, math equations on those. But technically speaking, for us and for Voyager 1 and 2, the observable universe is different. And uh, um, the boundaries would be different for us and that. Yeah. So then we have a level 2. Um, and this is like universes with different physical constraints. Um, and I think this is uh, kind of like what you were talking about, Ashlyn. So this is where the, like, the laws of physics are actually different. So if you think like cosmic inflation was this period of time where, uh, where the universe was expanding faster than the speed of light. And some scientists now, they believe that the cosmic, uh, like once it started, it never stopped, that, inco- that cosmic inflation. It never, ever stopped. Um, but these bubbles of the expanding singularity began to slow down and expand slower than the speed of light. And when that happened, happens um they they get like a set of physical laws more or less by like a roll of the dice so if you can like imagine this permanently expanding uh universe faster than the speed of light but also kind of like a boiling soup how it has bubbles in it um and every single bubble within themselves is spatially infinite uh each with its own set of physical constraints um so the one that we are in is we are a part of this ever-expanding singularity, but within a bubble that has slowed to slower than the speed of light, and therefore we have a set of physical laws and constraints that we are currently living in. Now, this is still happening, like, currently right now. (laughs) Is that a little dense? Is that a little too much? Um, uh, Now, uh, like, since this model is, like, temporally infinite and also spatially infinite, um, it allows the same set of physical laws to exist like over and over and over and over and over, but also like different sets of laws and every conceivable set of physical laws uh, where things don't make sense and things are backwards and inside out. And uh, like I like that we see like multiverses where we're like uh, bizarre and wild things happening, like the universe entirely made of antimatter, like an entire universe made of antimatter where everything else is exactly just like our own uh except for it's all antimatter which in a universe time would flow backwards um it would start as at its like temporal end and go to the beginning but from its perspective it move it moves forward and we move backward and so this is like where things get really weird there's multiple universes multiple not in multiple big big bangs in a sense but from the one we get an infinite set because of it's it's temporally infinite and spatially infinite. Is that closer to what you were thinking about, Ashlyn? Uh, no, no, that's not <laughs> what I was thinking about at all. <laughs> Here, so let me. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to say it this way. I think that there needs to be, or maybe there is, a different word for what I'm calling universe. So what I'm thinking of a universe is, um, is outside of the definition you're giving. Like, so there's a big bang everything that came from that big bang i'm saying that in its expanding self is like one universe and then down the road past that there's another one obviously i'm misusing the definition of universe because the that's universe fine is everything so i'm saying that there is there a different word for you know because we have galaxies and we have 
you know, clusters of galaxies, and we can give all these things a word to say, to describe what they physically are, uh, and their dimensions, and the matter that they contain, but I don't, I'm not finding the right word to say, like, the, you know, the actual, the actual Big Bang part, like, that's your, I, as, as far as I know, now, I, I have not read all, all of the data on this, there is just too much, um, way too much, I have not read a, theory of the multiverse where there is more than one big bang all of these models of the multiverse come from a single expanding singularity with that said a lot of them don't even kind of touch the singularity itself a lot of them are just talking about dimensions or or different ways to think of the way the models fit within each other they don't really talk about multiple different big bangs. Although I would like to hear more about that. I mean, cause that sounds really interesting. I mean, because like it's, it's weird to think like people say like, where, like, where is, where is like, when you think of the universe, like it's expanding and you think like, where is it expanding into? And that's, it's like a bad question because like space doesn't exist without matter and time. So therefore there is nothing outside of the universe. It's that question doesn't make sense. So if you think like though, there's another universe like over there, like to the right of this universe, that, that doesn't make sense. The question itself is structured incorrectly. So what you would have to think about in something like that, which there could be multiple big bangs, but maybe they're happening in dimensions like dimensionally different than the one that we're in so there could be one that happened a million years later or down the road or at some point but not in a different place but in within the different dimensions and that could be an argument for a different model of the multiverse that we have and actually that that could be a really good model but it would still be within our universe known or unknown observed or unobserved is that more like what you were thinking of? That's it, man. You nailed it. I feel like I didn't. We're like <laughs> we're like a hundred and seventy percent over my head. I'm just, to, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up, man. And I think I think we're going to the next one now, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're at, we're at a level three mech of of the Tugmark. Uh, level three of Tugmark is the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics. Uh, so this is basically what we were talking about in the beginning. Um, anything that can happen on the quantum scale does not will or could, but does does happen every time you face a choice A or B. It is both, and your perception merely travels on rails through one set of quantum probability. Uh, so in this model of the multiverse, um, when I drove home today, I made it home safe. I also got in an accident. And in that accident, I was uninjured, slightly injured, crippled, and I died. All of those things happened. Uh, and uh, in my perception that I am in today, I just experienced the reality and where I made it home uneventfully. Like these are the realities that are all branching from many quantum worlds. Uh, so, but here's the crazy thing about this is that it creates an unfathomable amount of worlds. And I mean, like it's oversimplifying it to bring it to this macro level, like you and me and the choices we make or we don't make. Um, 
Because when we talk about the many worlds interpretation, it's of quantum mechanics. It's on a quantum level. So like, uh, for example, there is a remote chance that like protons disintegrate into quarks spontaneously. Like there's a very small chance, very, 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 very small, but there is a chance uh, that the proton, one of the protons in your eyeball, it, it, it spontaneously will disintegrate into a quark. It will. If the possibility exists in quantum mechanics, then every possible instant, every possible proton disintegrates all at the same time if we believe many worlds to be true uh, because the most probable things happen a lot, but also the most improbable things also happen an infinite amount of times, just slightly less infinite than more probable things. Because this is what the many worlds theory says. Like if there's a possibility of it happening, it's also happening infinite amount of times, just slightly infinitely less than more probable things. <laughs> Ashlyn, your 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 face right now. So when people say like the, the many worlds theory, they're like, no, no, oh no no, no 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 no, hang on hang on hang on. Let me get. I think I got this. So the example you used is um, you're you're you know driving home and in one one world in one universe you get into an accident and you're you know uninjured, slightly injured, crippled and and died. Well, the reality is if if you know in this theory that. Not only did all four of those things happen, but in, you know, an infinite number of other universes, you got in all of those same accidents two feet fewer, you know, or a mile down the road or, or you know, you were scratching your balls in one and you were, you know, like there's there's just a, you know, we can't boil it down to a number uh, of events or choices. You can't. It is literally all possible uh, scenarios Correct. And, and there's just no way to even get our heads and around every that. femtosecond there is new worlds being created and and these are like these momentary temporal intersectionalities that are happening every femtosecond the ghost in your bedroom the ghost in my bedroom exactly and i uh, like but in this idea time is completely illusionary um so like if we take a step back from the universe that we are currently in, like if we were able to like step outside and look in, which we can't, it's, it's impossible. You can't do that. But if we could, what we would see is we would see like spatially infinite universe. That's also dimensionally infinite and where anything that can happen has happened and is currently happening and will always happen. That is what the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics is. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people listening to this that are just like turning it off. <laughs> They're like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> but that's just in one reality. In the other yeah. reality, in the other they reality. continue to listen. And in the other reality, they die, right? So like... All of, their, all, of their, oh, all of their quarks spontaneously combust while they're listening to... <laughs> I, like, I like the how the quarks combust. That's spectacular. Is, it, is, is that like... Thanos snapping his fingers in yeah, the Avengers, like it. boom, all the quirks go, and that's it. That end- I think that's how Endgame is gonna. I'm gonna call it. This is a spoiler alert. Potential spoiler alert. It's just gonna be a multiverse situation, and and that's yeah. how that's how they're gonna bring everybody back to life. Because you don't fucking kill Spider Man. Like he's gonna make more money for that studio than you know anything else, and they kill him. Come on. 
All right, level four is... So you want a level four now. This is the crazy one. Uh, level four is... It's called the Ultimate Ensemble, and basically... Uh, this is the theory of everything that we were always looking for, uh, like how we're looking to unify relativity with the standard model of physics and mathematically be able to describe everything. Uh, so basically, this is us just going, uh, maybe it's all three of them. Maybe it's everything. Like all of these multiverses, they all apply. They're all happening. The universe is everything that exists, doesn't exist, couldn't exist, could exist. Could be imagined, can't be imagined. Ma imagined the universe is completely indescribable. You, in just trying to talk about it, you deduce the ability for the universe to be what it is. That is a level four. It is everything. It's all of the models combined. Andy, I think your question or your your statement or question that maybe I misunderstood. I think that is that where you were at, like thinking that there's so much here. And, and you know, that it, it's beyond comprehension. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like why even go down? Yeah, I get it. And it's not that, it's not that I'm saying that we shouldn't try, right? Because that's how we get the scientific advancements that we have right. seen over time. But, you know, it's like, uh, how many times are you going to bang your head against the wall before you realize it's not worth it anymore? And, um, I don't know. I, I think that there's just some things out there that we aren't meant to know. What do you think is something that we know now that we should not know? Or what do you think is something right now that we know that we weren't supposed to know? Or is that question beyond us because we know it, therefore we were destined to know it? I think more along the lines of what you just said, that, that uh, if we can find an answer to it, that we're ultimately supposed to know that that's kind of a weird way of saying it you know I, I don't want to bring in like a spiritual aspect to it like what somebody or something tells us what we can or can't know but the human brain you you know we had a conversation last summer about the human brain and like how crazy that is i think that there's limits to it though like mm. Like the 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 math pro so so to bring back up Bitcoin for a second, right? That it's an ever expanding math problem that gets harder and harder to solve, right? That's the whole theory behind Bitcoin and what it's about. Like at some point in time, it takes more energy, which is why there's a limit to how much Bitcoin can be mined. It, is the universe like that, where we're going to reach this exponential limit where it, it just can't be solved? Hmm. But at the same time, I look at this and say, people living in Egypt five, 6,000 years ago could never have ever imagined the world we live in now, the things we know medically. And so I guess the question is, are we not supposed to know? Or is the question, are we not supposed to know right now? Because with given enough time, will all things that we are seeking, will we finally find the answers to these things and then derive new questions? I think it's that pursuit of the unknown that just keeps driving us, right? And so is there really like this end game, right? Do you ever finally figure it all out? And that's what I'm saying. I don't think we ever figure out everything because there's always something more to figure out. And if you think about what you described earlier with the universe and, and from a, a cosmological standpoint, it's always expanding. 
will we ever be able to catch up in in the sense of time right time is a concept a scientific concept that was helping describe or put terms around what we can observe or what we know but time is just an invented measure right hmm. so let's go through real quick brian greens he has nine taxonomy um, of the multiverse and i'm only doing this simply because there's a couple of that in here that are really really freaking cool So we have one is the, the quilted multiverse, which is kind of like level one tech mark, spatially connected in like this vast single dimension, kind of quilted all together. All possible variations exist in a matter of speaking, just you just gotta go far enough down that quilt and you'll see everything if that makes sense. Two is the inflationary universe, uh, like the infinite cosmic inflation, which is Krauss's model. Uh, three is the brain universe, uh, like B-R-A-N-E. Uh, brain universe this comes out of m theory which in which itself is a derivative of string theory in which there are an infinite amount of spatial and temporal universes but they're all like centimeters apart and uh but those centimeters happen in additional dimensions of space time uh, and that all happens within uh, string theory and within this one um gravity is the only thing that can pass through these universes all other particles are bound to their respective universe the fourth one is the cyclical universe. This is my personal favorite and actually the one that I believe in the most, even though I have zero concept and zero proof to this as any others. Uh, this is like if the quilted model um, was separated by space, the cyclical model is separated by time. Uh, and so in the cyclical model, we only have one observable universe the only one that we're living in there's nothing beyond the horizon and that is it we are spatially limited not infinite uh and but uh we are temporally infinite so if you have enough time uh the universe will expand and then contract and then expand and contract millions and millions and billions literally infinite amount of times and with enough time every possible universe that will exist does and will just not at the same time uh, so that's the only thing about the cyclical one. Uh, number five is the landscape model, um, and it's the way the universe, uh, the universes are nested based on higher and lower levels of quantum energy. Um, so then there's the uh, number six is the true quantum universe, uh, and this is where the quantum multiverse creates new universes when uh, a diversion in events occur, like as in many worlds uh, interpretation of quantum mechanics. Uh, then seven is the holographic universe, uh, which is we're not actually in a three-dimensional universe, but a two-dimensional holograph. Uh, but funny enough, of all of the multiverse models, this one has the most chance for bearing out successful experimental results, which is absolutely hysterical. Uh, then we so have, this is like the Matrix theory. Yeah. Right? Like uh, basically, we're, yeah, we're living I, yeah. in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, like we're living in a two-dimensional holograph, which feels like three dimensions. Correct. Um, uh, then we have the simulated multiverse, uh, which is it, if it's possible to simulate a universe on a computer, then it's already been done because it's very unlikely that we were the first universe. Um, and that also kind of plays into the holographic. That's more like what the matrix would be like, the simulated multi multiverse. And then of mm. course you have the ninth one, which is the ultimate multiverse model in which every single other model, they're all correct. They all, it's just like the level four tech mark. That is number nine. So there you have it. 
I feel like in the notes you should have put drink a lot of alcohol before we have this conversation yeah, for so you sure. really understand it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so what we're going to do on the intro of this is be like, all right, so this is going to be a really heavy discussion talking about some dense scientific, philosophical, physical, and <laughs> mathematical things to where you will understand better if you are drunk. <laughs> so go drink. <laughs> So why are we talking about this? Why, like, what does the multiverse mean for us as humans? Like, why do we care about reconciling these models? Like, why? The big why in this. Like, why are we talking about all of this stuff? Like, why even have a podcast on this? I mean, we have to ask the questions. Like, we're, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, I'm a, you know, I'm a layman. I'm not someone who understands, um, you know, and, and went to school for years and years to, to try to wrap my head around this stuff. But, you know, the reality is, is that for a long time, I've lived in and had been in a culture that said this is all bullshit. And, you know, almost everything we talk about on the podcast is bullshit. And, you know, I think for humanity to get better, for humanity to become, you know, our best the best version of us, we have to ask these questions and we have to explore and, and we have to try to find out and we have to be curious and we have to, to, you know, deal with the fact that sometimes we can't get our heads around it or we can't understand everything. We can't test everything. So I think coming up with the different models, like we talked about earlier, it's like a, a math problem that's really hard. You know, when you when you create a story, when you create a, a model, when you create, you know, a, a, a problem in the physical world to try to solve, it helps get our heads around it. And I'm sure that that's why scientists work on these models and they come up with these different ideas of, of how to explain these things, even though they know, I mean, they all have multiple models, right? Uh, you know, the guy that you were just talking about, what what whatever the hell is uh brian green uh so brian green has you know multiple different theories right he's not saying this is the brian green model he's saying that you know these are potentially different ways to think about this problem and and uh to try to get our our heads around this and and i think the why like the reason why this is important uh is because this is us Right. This is this is everything and trying to understand uh, and get our heads around it and and think critically about it. I think it makes us better. We may never have the answer in our lifetime, uh, but I think there need there needs to be people, you know, who are dedicated to trying to find answers about everything. Um, That's how we we, are. That's how we're going to know. We are pioneers. That's why space travel is so important. That's why we always do those things, because it's not about going to the next place. It's not about finding the next thing. It's, it's about expanding the horizon of perception. Like when those astronauts first went into space, it wasn't about going. It was about what it does to you. It's about the perception, about the perspective, the sh- how everything shifts because there's, there's no way of knowing. I, I don't know if you've seen that movie first man, I would highly Highly suggest you going and seeing it. Uh, it's really cool how uh, Neil Ar- Neil Armstrong talks about what when he was being interviewed for the space program, they asked him why 
like why be pioneers like why go to the moon why doing all of this stuff and and he said that uh in in some of his previous jobs he worked for this company that launched basically a second plane from a a dual winged flyer and it like the rocket propelled and he went up into real low earth orbit momentarily before coming down and he he said when he got up into the really low earth orbit he saw the thin line that was the atmosphere that when you were down here and we look up and it's just big and blue and beautiful but when he was there looking down it was it was just thin and fragile and the reason why we go is because we don't know how it's going to change our perspective. We don't know how it's going to change us. And so we're pioneers. We ask these questions. We talk about this multiverse. And we talk about all these different things because we don't know how it's going to change our perspective into in, into being more inclusive, into, being, into looking at the whole world as a whole and that we're all in this together. And in being able to be people who help people and love people, we don't know... The, where these questions are going to take us. And I think that's exactly exactly what you were saying. Of course, you have to remember there's a subset of humanity that just doesn't want to know and fears the change and fears the the unknown and doesn't, you know, they're comfortable in their little bubble, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I, that probably explains a lot of the flat earth theory people, right? They They just want it to be what they want it to be, even though it's not real yeah we didn't even talk about m theory or black hole cosmology or anthropic principle or occam occam's razor uh but that's okay like there's so much there's so much data and so many thoughts and theories and principles out there um that we could uh set to uncover uh but more than anything else i think that this like what we live in is more than what we're being told uh, there is more to the story than what we can see or feel. Um, I think I proved that by there's there's more to there's more that we can see or feel feel or know, and science is just skimming on the surface of all of that. Cool. Thanks, man, for being on. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was nice to meet you, Andy. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Hey, uh, have to connect with you next time we go back to Kalamazoo. My yeah. uh, parents live there oh for sure lots of good breweries in town cool guys